you are about to go on a plane flight, very nice plane flight, but you tell your family, your partner, who are, uh, whoever it is, so on and so forth, that again, you're heading on the plane, you're not going to have any service and so on and so forth. And, you know, as per usual, when people fly, if they have friends or family or partners or girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, etc., etc., everyone has a usual thing, which is saying, you know, fly safely and so on and so forth. For those, particularly in the members community, you'll know that yours truly does quite a bit of flying. So I can certainly relate to the extent in which you lose service when you get on the plane, uh, cell phone service and so on and so forth. But a lot of airlines these days are offering Wi-Fi on their flights while you're in flight, so to speak. And you get on this plane, you say bye to your loved one on the phone and so on, and you turn your phone off or on airplane mode and everything's going expected as normal. You then check your phone just to make sure it's off and it's on again. You say, oh my gosh, what's going on here? So you turn your phone off again. Okay, whatever. You finally get to cruising altitude uh, on the plane as to wherever you're going with your flight's location respectively. And the pilot says you're in cruising altitude. And then all of a sudden your phone is back on again. You say, okay, whatever, not a big deal. You then check the cell phone service on your phone to see where's this service coming from. It says I have service when I'm not supposed to, what's going on. You then realize that you're getting messages from your friends and family and so on and so forth. But the messages are all out of whack. And what I mean by that is you're getting messages, for example, from your aunt, who is, say, for example, in her 40s or 50s in age, but she's messaging you from the perspective of a five-year-old version of her. And so you start to realize all these strange electronic and electromagnetic anomalies are occurring on your plane, on your flight. You then land from the flight and you say, okay, that was, you know, weird, whatever. Um, and you find out that your device is still connected very strongly to the Wi-Fi on that plane. And you are still receiving some very strange messages from people you know, but from at different points in their lives, from when they were younger, from even perhaps in certain situations where it seems like they're much older. For example, you have a cousin who's in their 20s, but now ever since you've gotten off that flight, they're now texting you that they need help with their medication and that they're in very old age and that you know that they're in old they're they're in a very um uh, ailed state or fragile state physically and they're texting you and asking why you don't come to visit them more so you let you get off this plane and everything's all out of whack everything's very much out of whack so that will bring us full circle into this presentation here which is called project mimic harvesting quantum dots for negentropic stargates now mimic stands for matter infused motion for intelligent control. So what I'm going to do here is just minimize the screen very quickly and we're going to get into uh, a deep dive analysis of some of the very intricate, we could say, uh, connections in which we will be looking at here to bring all of this full circle. So first and foremost, let's take a look at what programmable matter means as an official definition. Programmable matter is matter which has the ability to change its physical properties, its shape, its density, its moduli, its conductivity, its optical properties, etc., etc. And moduli refers to scalar fields whose potential energy function has continuous families of global minima. Such potential free, uh, functions frequently occur in supersymmetric systems. Again, this speaks to quantum potentials and superpositioning and so on. In a programmable fashion based upon user input or autonomous sensing. Programmable matter is thus linked to the concept of a material which inherently has the ability to perform information processing. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that we find 
particularly relating back to the very beginning example in which we just uh, I just laid out for all of you folks about getting off of the plane. We find that more and more these days, the simulation theory, the, you know, the holographic universe theory in correspondence with the electric universe theory and even the um, holographic morphogenic infolding and outfolding topology theory in general of this reality may in fact be something that is quite feasible with respect to how this reality really works. And we know this because it's been proposed by people, for example, like Dr. Putoff, that space-time metric engineering or creating a dip in the local space-time metric, which again, we can argue in some cases of how you would define this would be adding an extra dimension to the local space-time field and so on and so forth, creates a scenario where we are dealing with higher symmetry topology, higher symmetry electromagnetics, and so on and so forth. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that if we think of the concept of matter-infused motion for intelligent control, we find that when using this sort of negentropic process, which again, negentropic essentially means the negative energy state of something that we normally observe as a positive function, which is what we could or would consider um, quite common in this reality and what i mean by that is if we have for example a place where you can uh where your hand is imagine where your hand is there is a portal where when you put your hand in if you peek through the hole of that portal or stargate you can see where things are but if you looked uh, as if you were looking at the external area of another object relative to where your hand is you don't see any difference except for you know part of your hand looks like it's cut off and what's interesting about this is that what if we applied that same mechanism of what I just described, in addition to what we're seeing here visually, to that in which occurs when you are not visually looking at something? And as we know, photons are the strongest, uh, are the, excuse me, are the only particle in which the human eye, the human retina, can clearly see, observe, and witness in its full form. Interesting, isn't it? Because we find that when photons start to bend and curve instead of going straight lines, which one would have to do technologically, spiritually, through the body, you name it, because photons tend to find, photons and light tend to find the shortest path towards something in general, which would be a straight point usually. We find that if we bend them, however, we start to find this sort of warping occur, which is very similar to what we're seeing right over here. But then we also find that if we look here, according to bio elecmed.biomedcentral.com, we find here changing the tune using bioelectronics. This is from 2021 by Mr. Eric H. Chang. We find that, and I quote, Lu uh, Luigi Galvani showed, who was an electrophysiologist, that a jolt of electricity can make an isolated frog leg kick and twitch as if it was alive. This idea of animal electricity was one of the first demonstrations that electrical signals travel within the body to animate muscles. Now, what if, we're going to stop there for a moment. What if, for a second, that same concept on a much stronger level could be applied to the outside of a craft or the hull of a craft or the skin of a craft or of a vehicle or something like this? very much like our skin canner does. Now, what if for a moment when people say, oh, I'm getting goosebumps, I feel, you know, these, these um, perks on my body and so on and so forth, I have a, a gut feeling or an intuitive feeling about something that's going to happen and then something for better or worse happens relative to your, um, to your life, right? What if that is this gradient here occurring at the very nanoplank quantum scale right above our skin? What if these dips and curves are creating standing nodal points the same way that, for example, in music, when you hit a certain tone, 
there, there's a high pitch of the tone and then it drops back down. We see on YouTube many videos of people playing with, for example, fire, water, music, um, and you know, magnets and things like this, <clears throat> and electricity, finding that when they you know hit a certain tune or a tone, an electrical spark occurs, which technically in a lot of regards speaks to some type of standing nodal point energetically that we may not always be able to observe, but is certainly there. What if these concepts, these proposals, are very similar to that of what we're seeing here with respects to the airplane example I gave at the beginning? Very Essentially, I'm going to oversimplify for the sake of those that may not be as um, technically oriented. So think about it like this. Imagine the goosebumps you get on your skin or on your body when you feel, uh, you know, good or you feel like there's, a, you know, someone watching maybe a spirit when there really isn't or maybe there is, who knows. Imagine the goosebumps concept on your body at a much bigger scale. Imagine that's what's happening in your environment, in your, in your reality, all around you, which would give a lot of rise and explanation, both theoretically, fundamentally, and experimentally, to the plain example I gave at the beginning with respects to all these different anomalies occurring, because you would be inducing the negentropic or negative state or negative mass state of something, which would be both of people, of objects, of things, and so on and so forth, which would be exactly what we're looking at right here with that dip in the local space-time curvature. Now, imagine if we think of the pilot, uh, the, the, the airplane example as we did in the beginning. Imagine this is Earth right over here for a moment. We're going to just focus on this one for a second. Imagine this is Earth and all these white dots represent events, people, actions. You know, this white, say for example, this white dot over here where my mouse is, is where is, you know, um, uh, represents a point, a certain event from point A to point B. Point A, you woke up. Point B, you went to go take a shower, for example. Imagine that's what this dot is. Imagine then, for example, from there, you then go have breakfast. From breakfast, you head to work. But what happens if this is only one half of a reality in which there's another entangled or connected reality, which would be a negative Earth, very similar to the negative mass concept or the goosebumps on the skin of the body concept? that we've just been discussing, in which the opposite happens. Instead of getting up to, you know, have breakfast in this particular, we could say, negative earth element or reality, you're going to sleep. Instead of having a 20th birthday, you're having a 50th birthday, and so on and so forth. Now, I know for the members, we've discussed this many times before, but this speaks to a myriad of certain effects. And what I mean by that is this. We see here, According to icestuff.com, not exactly a mainstream media website, we see here some very nice visuals for describing, again, this concept of triangular rotation, which seems to induce this form of, we could say, um, neg entropy, which is harnessed at the quantum or Planck level that then utilizes its local environment of the ether and other, and both living things, whether humans, plants, animals, so on and so forth, to create very vast, intense versions of goosebumps on the body, except instead of your body, it's happening on the earth or within a particular environment. And so we see here, for example, this concept of cyclonetic reaction forces, this idea of perpetual motion, this idea, again, quick one, I just want to point out, notice this concept of concaveness on the right-hand side as well, but, but we'll kind of leave things, uh, you know, to the side for a, mom a moment. That's not the point of this, um, <clears throat> of this particular uh, presentation or recording. Notice the number three is always occurring. We have three different points that induce this sort of perpetual motion angle. This speaks to the x-axis, the y-axis, the z-axis, and so on and so forth, within an even grander set of rotating, what seem to be here, rotating magnets, at least that have been postulated by this particular individual. And the reason I bring this all up 
is because th whether we're talking about a craft, whether we're talking about a human body, you name it, there is a concept of mimicry involved, whether that is on a spiritual level, whether that is on a physical level, or so on and so forth. And once you can grab a hold of that mimicry, you can be able to fundamentally grasp and realize how that mimicry can be manipulated, and I don't say that, I say that neutrally, not not for better or worse, but that mimicry can then be manipulated for better or worse. And what do I mean by that? Say, for example, you are trying to make a sale on something. You're a salesperson and you're trying to sell a certain product. There are certain points and nodal points within a phone call or a lunch meeting that you're having with that person where you can pick up where and how you can leverage certain, we could say, actions, reactions, and so on from that person in order to be more to make them feel more inclined to do that deal with you or close that contract or that sale with you. There would be no difference in the description of how this these craft would work, in the description of how the body would work, with how the Alcubierre warp drive metric creating a gradient in space-time would work, with how the inversion of negentropic states of action in what could be a multi, uh, we could say multiple reality concept could work, or would work rather, in the same way that programmable matter would work as well. Now, the concept I bring up here overall is the concept of this right over here. This is according to Twitter.com. This is a very nice post made, uh, we see here, uh, someone said, quote, someone on Reddit traced over the flight path the orbs go and has discovered they completed a full sphere around the plane before it disappears. Were they creating a portal, uh, end quote, perhaps a Stargate or something like this? Now, this has to do with Flight 370. A lot of people, you know, have wondered what's going on with that flight and so on and so forth. It's very interesting, very interesting, because we see, again, these three different orbs surround the plane before suddenly the plane disappears. Now, again, is the, was the plane itself a programmable matter uh, device? Was it a normal plane? Were there the examples that I gave at the beginning about you getting on and off the plane? Is this what happened to the occupants of that plane? Very interesting questions we have to look into. And the reason I say that is because if we jump over to this right over here, a certain screen a screenshot from a certain document, I'm going to leave it at that. And I quote, particularly having to do with jump gates, a jump gate is an apparatus with the power to open a vortex that connects normal space with hyperspace, making interstellar travel an option. We see above it that it is a, a wormhole is a hypothetical topological feature of space time that is fundamentally a shortcut through space and time. The same way that you fold a paper over to bring certain points of that paper to you instead of having to go to it. Now, what's interesting is this idea of linking rooms. We see here at the bottom, Linking rooms are vast, sometimes infinite hallways with doors running the whole length. Each door is actually a portal to a different place. We must ask ourselves, is it possible that this is what occurred with this particular flight here? Not necessarily saying that we need to figure out what happened, but, so, but more so figure out the underlying science and geometry of what could have happened and then base such, an, uh, such a concept, proposal, theory, hypothesis, or thought into your own lives to then apply whether it is in a beneficial way for others in a social aspect, whether you're experimenting in your home or in your basement and if we're with more materials, uh, with a more material aspect of things, whether you're into the medical field or the healing field. These are all different thoughts that can come together to bring a big conclusive picture full circle, so to speak. And what I mean by that is we then look here <clears throat> For example, at a DNA biowave computer uh, document. This is work out of Russia and Eastern Europe. Of course, you won't find much in the West. 
Admittedly so. Uh, you'll see here that there are standing nodal points within the DNA lattices that are, that are made and encoded. Now, what's also interesting is that we find here as well this idea of DNA being treated, human DNA being treated as a process of a complex mechanical oscillator capable of producing solitonic wave transmissions which take the form of a system, a system of rotary pendulums like those in a certain type of pendulum clock. Now, many people have said in the past that time is what you would call spin, for example. It seems to be quite peculiar that these are the diagrams that the professors and PhDs have decided to put in order to explain this. What's very interesting as well is that we see here in this image, forgive me if I'm looking into it too much, you'll find here the pine cones kissing in a phase conjugate-like matter, even though this has to do completely with separate things that are completely not... Um, we could say intertwined in the same, uh, we could say, um, field of what we would think normally would not be connected, but in fact really are. We see here as well this idea of the standing nodal points creating this sort of vector-like, we could say, formation and curation, which is also reminiscent of the serpent. And I don't say this for better or worse, I just say this in relation to ancient texts and things like this, or visuals and so on and so forth. Now, what's very interesting is that, and I quote, as a liquid crystal, the DNA could influence the polarization of the weak light emission known to exist in cells, the so-called biophotons. Weak light emission. Remember what I said about maybe five or ten minutes ago about photons wanting to go straight, but if you can bend them, you start to see some very interesting things. Very interesting that this is brought up in this angle or idea relative to this idea of spin and, again, turning or bending DNA as if it was some type of mechanical oscillator. Again, we see here as well the concept of optics being introduced, this idea of, again, creating <clears throat> both holographic, acoustic, and electromagnetic domains to then be manipulated to change these standing nodal points. And whenever I say standing nodal points, I'm talking about that feeling you get of goosebumps on the body, on the skin. I want to use the goosebumps feeling because I know all of you have had it, and I want to use it as a pillar of relation, of, of, of we could say correlation or reference for those that may not be entirely following what I'm trying to get at here. And so the idea here in, 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 in a grand perspective is not that I have the answer to any of this, folks, but what I'm trying to present here is a new form of exploratory thought and perspective that could in fact be harnessed, whether again, for better or worse, to give a grander understanding of why certain events like this occur, how for ex like a flight 370, for example, how programmable matter could work, for example, changing the, uh, again, how the, the body responds to certain electronic feedback in a certain way. And again, we'll find here that this idea of animal electricity was one of the first demonstrations that electrical signals travel within the body to animate muscles. Galvani also believed that there was a natural form of bioelectricity produced within the body, possibly originating in the brain, and in my humble opinion, facilitated by a non-local connection to the, uh, from the soul, to control organ function and muscle output. But this is very interesting because we see that while this was con controversial in Galvani's time, we now know that these posited bioelectric signals are in fact nerve impulses that form the basis of communication throughout our nervous system. Now, what if we think on a macro scale in a fractal sense and zoom out, if you will? Think about the nervous system in general as being one grand... Our nervous systems, excuse me, are interconnected to make one big nervous system of the planet or the Earth, or at the very least, we are connected to the Earth's nervous system. And so I again want to reinvigorate the concept or the, um, the example I gave at the beginning 
of the airplane example, the very, uh, how would I say it, very dazed and confused example, if you will, of getting on the plane, getting off the plane, and having all these different, we could say, uh, faculties invading you, or all these, these different perceptions influencing your faculties, and all of these different influences influ uh, influencing many different parts of your body that ultimately lead to one big, basically, oh my gosh, I'm having goosebumps. The same way you feel in a paranormal manner if you enter a haunted home or uh, if you are, you know, you feel like a deceased family member has come to visit you and so on and so forth. And so we have to ask ourselves these questions. Is there in fact a connection to standing nodal points, topology, whether it has to do with the body, propulsion, very um, confusing experiences? We have to ask ourselves this because we see here, and I quote, and I will end with this. This field is highly interdisciplinary, meaning multiple disciplines are needed, incorporating neuroscience, engineering, material science, computing, and molecular medicine. So in other words, one field will not solve this. We need a whole teamwork worth of, of, of uh, people in order to attempt to sort of understand the concept of higher symmetry electromagnetics, higher symmetry sound, higher symmetry thermodynamics, and so on and so forth. So. With that said, folks, I would like to thank you all very much for bearing with me here. I hope this was not too much of a confusing presentation. That was not my intent. And uh, we will catch all of you very, very soon. Thank you.